Welcome to another episode of Voice Out Cakap Je. I'm Zarina Zarudin and together with me, my partner behind the camera as usual, Mr. Panji Shafi'i. Okay, today we are very privileged to have with us a very special guest. She is a culinary consultant and author of 23 cookbooks and she is well known as the Queen of Spice. She is none other than Chef Devagi Shamuga. Hello. Hi, Chef. Thank yes. you for coming to Voice Out Chakap Je. Ah, no, it's a pleasure actually to share. <laughs> yes, and also it's a pleasure from all of us for being here at your own house. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, this is very interesting. Viewers, as you can see, this segment will be in two parts. Okay. First part, I will be interviewing uh, Chef Devagi, getting to know her, understanding how she get into this culinary profession. And secondly, as you can see here, all the beautiful dishes, she will be sharing with us a special dish live at FB Voice Out Chakap Je. So please share, like and comment, okay? And you can get this recipe and you can try it. And after that, you can comment and tell us how does it go. Okay, so Chef, maybe to start uh, with my first question, how did you actually get into this culinary profession? Okay, um, so actually cooking was something that I liked very, very much when I was younger, um, but it was like, not, I wasn't allowed to cook because first I was young and then number two, by the time I grew up and I told my father that I want to be a chef. No, those days they never uh, used the word chef. chef. Cook. <laughs> cook. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I told my father I want to be a cook. My father laughed at me and he said, do you want the relatives to laugh at me? Because uh, a cook is a man. Oh, and, okay. and you shouldn't be working in the kitchen. kitchen. And, and he was only thinking of like roti prata shop. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? So he said, no way, right? Mm. So in the end, I work, you know, like those days we obey our parents. Yeah. They decide our career, right? So in the end, I worked as a school clerk. Uh, actually, in the beginning, I was working as a relief teacher. Okay. And then um, the the government, right? They said if you if you're GCO level, you cannot be a teacher. You must have an A level. But oh. if you have a, a second language, that's good. You can be a teacher. So then, my second language was Malay. Oh. So okay. they offered me a Malay teaching Malay teacher. post. Ah. But my parents didn't want me because they were very afraid that I might convert. <laughs> so, okay, you so, will be a Malay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so finally, they yeah. told me, okay, a very decent job would be to work as a clerk because you it's 9 to 5 and then no need to go out at night and then... Safe job, safe job. stable job. Yeah, everything is fine. So, I and up, as a clerk in a school? In a school, ah, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, but then the school was very interesting because... Uh, it was a Catholic school and mm. it was only half day. Oh. So the rest of the half day, I had no, not much work to do. And I always go up to the school library and read books. And, okay. and I became better in the 10 years that I worked there. Okay. So And what happened was, I realized that I have something that I didn't know about and that was cooking. Because during the weekends, I would cook something. And I will bring it to school and mm. on Monday the teachers will eat and then they say, wow, very nice, very nice. Mm. And then they say, you should do catering. Can so, you share with us, what exactly do you cook? I do kuehs. Kuehs? Uh, what kind? Uh, the Malay kuehs. Malay kuehs. Like? Yeah, I do the, the, the lapis cake oh. or uh, kaya, what, surimuka, you know, that, okay, all, that, all the different, different ah, Malay kuehs. Okay. Uh, pulo inti, you know, that kind okay. of stuff. And then later I started uh, frying curry puffs, samosas, ah. right? 
So then they all liked it so much because the school has so many activities like National Day, uh, sports activities. So every time they got some function where the teachers need to be supplied with mm, food. food yes. And eventually they started asking me. Yes. But then it became popular because then um, the, the teachers uh, started ordering for their family occasions. <laughs> okay, so it's so kind of true. Right? Yes. But it was only a weekend thing. Mm. And then by then I got married and then uh, my husband, he's a teacher. He's oh. very, very encouraging about careers and all that. And he was just telling me that you have a talent, a gift of the gap. You can talk mm. and you like to cook. So why don't you just teach cooking, you know, and then instead of like working as a cook or something, right? So that's how it all started. First, I teach only Indian cooking. Mm. And then uh, in the beginning, nobody came for my classes because I was only 28 years old, very young. Which year was that? Uh, 1983. Okay, 1983, yeah. yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, okay. so very few people yeah. came and, and they, they feel like I may not know how to cook because I was very young. But then after a few months of trying, um, one of the uh, magazines, mm. they did a review about a few cooking classes in Singapore and they wrote mine as the best. Oh. Yeah, then the business picked up and then one thing led to another, I realised that Instead of just cooking, you can develop recipes for companies. They came to me. Then the sponsors like Samsung and all these brands will give me a microwave oven. And then they say, can you develop something? Ooh, so I learned okay. that I don't have to limit myself to just teaching cooking. cooking. Classes, yeah. So, But I had a talent for developing as well. So I started developing. And in the course of it, while I'm teaching cooking, I realized that one of the things that people one of the reasons why people can't cook and they think they are a bad cook is because uh, they always could do cooking agar-agar method. Oh, you know, like a bit of this. They yeah. estimate. So yes. today will be nice, the next time it's not nice. Correct. Yeah, so then I realised <laughs> that when I'm teaching cooking, they are beginning to understand that if they follow met the methods, right, uh, it works. So I decided to write a book, the, oh. my first book. My first book was called Banana Leaf Temptations. It is still being sold uh, in Malaysia, Singapore and all that. And I was still a novice. I mean, it's my first book, right? So yes. you'll still see some grammar mistakes and all that. But it is a learning process. Correct. But today, I've already written uh, 23, 23 books. books. Yeah. Yeah. So your first book, when was that? Which year was that? First book was in 1985. 1985? Three years after I started. How long do you take to write one book at that time? To that, write book book? Took, that book took, took me about... One daft years because those days got no computer, you need to type. type. Oh gosh. <laughs> so type, type, type. And then got mistakes mistake. and take out true. You know? I understand, yeah. I understand. So that one. But nowadays, um, the books are written by concepts given by the publisher. The publisher uh -huh. will come and say, Hey Devaki, we want you to do a book about root vegetables. Uh, okay, then oh. I will. They give me six months or one year and then I will do a book. Yeah. Okay, viewers, from here we can see this is Chef Devagi's latest book. This is a 23rd book. You see, it's very nice, it's very colourful and it's very pinkish. So ladylike, right? Okay, so inside, maybe you can share a little bit, uh, Chef, ah, okay. yeah. what can so, we learn from this so book? So this book, right, it's called I'm a Rice Cooker. Mm. Uh, not, I'm not talking about rice cooker pot. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm Asian, I cook rice. Ah, rice is our staple food. Correct. Yes. So then, um, this book is written for, for another reason because I realized that there are cooking skills, right? Like what is stir frying, what is deep frying, right? Oh. But even that people make mistakes because like sometimes they will ask, hey, I fried this, uh, why mine very oily? <laughs> or you know, like 
uh, I stir fry this but my vegetable not cook. Uh, you know, uh, so I realized that it is not now the recipe, it is now the technique. Mm. So you need to, like for example, you want to deep fry something, your uh, oil temperature must be correct. Oh. Then after you take out all the food from the fried, the fried items, you must let the heat come back again, then put in your new things. Oh. You cannot immediately put then your temperature go down. So it becomes soggy. So I started doing a research about this. So I got 40 techniques in this book on how to cook Asian food, stir frying, broiling, braising, whatever it is there. Okay, just now you mentioned about broiling. Yeah, just now I also went through and I say this word broiling. How is it different from boiling? Oh, broiling means you hot, hot uh, air cooking the food. That means oh. it's like grilling, one side only. So normally what kind of food? You can cook fish. Um, you can broil a lot of things like tofu and thing, but the fire is only one, one side only. Side. Then you have to turn the food. Okay, so yeah. I guess this is more into healthy living. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. I you mean, normally broil a food so that it's healthier, healthier or you want a crispy skin or something. Mm. Yeah. So it's suitable for salmon also? Yeah, yeah, very ah, good. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Interesting. How many, uh, just now you mentioned, techniques of cooking? 40. 4-0. Yeah. Okay, so this book. Where can, actually, if they're interested, where can they get this book? Uh, they can go online to Kinokunia. Oh, okay. uh, Kinokunia Bookshop, right? Uh, they can go there and order. I understand you also have an IG account, right? Yes. I understand that you're very active in IG. Yes. Let's see if there's any inquiries or question about cooking techniques or even about asking about your book. Where? What is the address? Oh, the Instagram is Chef Devagi Sanmagam. One word. Oh, Chef Devagi Sh San Shan... San uh, sorry, San Mugam. Yeah. As in D-E-V-A-G-I... S-A-N-M-U-G-A-M -M. Yes, okay So you can go to IG Chef Devagi Sanmugam You yeah. can ask her anything about <laughs> culinary things Yeah, yeah. alright Okay, so I understand also there's also one Ah, there's one Malay book Okay, so this is for all those makcik-makcik Ah, kalau tak faham uh, bahasa Inggeris Okay, this book the title is Masak menggunakan sayur mayur Asia Okay, so basically, this is about uh, vegetable cooking? Yeah, so this one, right, for example, uh, it clearly said, right, it's sayur, mm, but this sayur, sayur is vegetables. all the green vegetable. Oh. So like down slase, then down slase, what? Then I cook Thai food, I cook jagung goreng dengan uh, down slase. Ah, uh, then I have like um, down kuchai. Then I have even all the uh, daun curry and I have the Malay, a lot of the Malay herbs also, oh, you know, like the ulam raja, okay, daun salam. Okay. So, so yeah. everything I have here, ah, uh, so nasi ulam. Nasi ulam. So basically how you use, uh, I mean how you cook your example nasi goreng, right? Yeah. Using all the herbs, herbs, herbs ah, and leaves. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow, interesting. Yeah, because this one, also the idea came because when I go to the market, right? So mm. I got Indian shop or Malay store <laughs> selling Malay herbs, yes, Indian yes. herbs. Then some Chinese or non uh, non of non race other person I will come and ask how do you use this ah? ah. and then I thought wow how come people never like exactly. uh, go and try another thing so they never try because they don't know how to use it so okay we will do a book yeah yeah <laughs> this is interesting yeah I mean yeah. normally the more we read the more we get to know things then the more we realize that actually there's a lot of things that we don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel that if, if the moments I feel like someone uh, don't understand a few things. I learn, I go to their brain and try to understand mm. why is it that they don't and I, then I try to incorporate that in my book and in my cooking uh, teaching. Okay. Because um, you cannot just teach, you must understand the psychology of the students, you know, why they are learning cooking. Correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why why they are asking that kind of questions. Questions, yeah. Correct. Because in the beginning, the first time I teach cooking, then people ask questions like, you know, those days we use matches. 
Ah, yes, yes. You ask me what brand you use, huh? and I'm like, they ah. ask me cheese, uh, you know. But then I realized that's because they never cook and they think like certain matches is better than another match. Yeah, a match is just a match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it is some okay. people just don't understand, yeah. But nowadays people don't use matches anymore. No more. Yeah. <laughs> people just tick, tick. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. yeah. All right. So uh moving forward, now you are already in your how many years? Twenty in this business? Yes. Thirty five years. Thirty five years. Okay. So what what are the new things that you do now? Especially now that we have COVID. I understand you do a lot of uh, online lessons, yeah. right? Yeah. So besides that, what other things uh or what are the, the journey that you want to share with us? Okay, so then, so all these years I've been like teaching, developing recipes and then this brought me to many countries as well. Mm. I went as far as Uzbekistan, Montenegro and all that to teach the chefs there oh. Asian cooking because some of the faraway countries, they can't afford to travel to a, another uh, country to learn. to learn. So, they pay me to go there to teach more people so they get better value, you know. Okay. So, I also learn, when I go there to teach others, I also learn about their cuisine and all that and I become broader in my own perspective. So, besides this, I do private dining. Okay. Uh, so, sometimes people book to come here to eat. Uh, sometimes, it is their home. Mm. Um, so, I'm a private chef, I go there and yeah. I do it. Uh, and um, then I take part in some public events, public workshops and all that. Then when COVID came, uh, um, I was stuck for one month, like wondering what am I going to do, like I cannot go out to teach and all this. Right. Then suddenly I got this phone call from PA mm. asking me, will you be able to teach cooking class? And I said, go where and teach. <laughs> yes, and they how said, to? Use Zoom. Zoom. I said, what's that? <laughs> Yeah. Then they said, oh, it's a platform that you can teach. Then I said, really? Then they, they, they walked me through how to use okay. it. Oh. And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh, I can stand here and just teach. <laughs> oh my God, it's so fun. <laughs> yes, you yeah. have to go out, right? Yeah, so yeah. I just stand here and then I teach. And then uh, I eat that for my lunch. You know, it was <laughs> yes. just that. And then I don't have to wear proper clothes. Because they say, since it's your home, you can wear your normal home clothes and teach, right? So then, then I find that, wow, this... Because then I realized, like now, after a few months, uh, I realized that the Zoom is instead of me traveling, now people are going on to their Zoom and attending my classes from London and from Brunei oh, and all that, correct. you know. Yeah. So, this is something that I learned that, wow, digital age, right, is so good. Uh, so you actually, can do so many things yeah. and then you can order your things, like those days. Online. Yeah, those yeah. days you sit down and wonder why in England they all use this, we don't have that. But now you can order online yeah, and it yeah. comes to you, you know. Yeah, so, I, I, I've started to be more active digitally. I mean, um, like some people think, because I'm 65 this year, and some people think that, oh, uh, at 65 or 40, again, go and learn mm. all these social media. No, you Do we know? Okay. I think it's so interesting because it makes you make friends, you get connected, okay. you learn more. Things, yeah, yes. and, I, and I think everybody should. I mean, educated or uneducated, I just feel like socially, especially women, right, they must be empowered to go and learn all these things. It's mm. so important. I mean, I, I fully think that all women should, should equip yes. themselves instead of just watching drama and all this stuff, you know. Korean dramas. <laughs> Any drama, yeah. They shouldn't be wasting yes, time, yes, yeah. Correct. I think we should be all learning. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think in this um, 
age of digital digitalization yeah. yeah i think this is where we feel closer right yeah, yeah although we are far apart physically yeah. but by having uh, into this media social yeah. we realize that hey we can meet our friends from all over the world yeah yeah it's like it's very funny because like i left school in 1972 and since then i didn't see many of my i didn't like maybe one or two classmates or like say mm. but three years ago on my facebook a uh, malay lady appeared uh, Her name is Judiana, and I just look and I can't be bothered about her <laughs> because there's so many followers. Yeah. <laughs> right, correct. So uh, I, I'm just looking at her like, oh, this okay. don't, know, don't know who is this Machi, right? Yeah. Because she was uh, big, Into the... she was very big and yeah. very look older and all that. Yeah. yeah, I never think it was my classmate. And then she sent me a personal message. She said, "You don't recognize me. I was your classmate for in secondary four, and I'm now a grandmother of five children." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. One day I cannot recognize, and yeah. she is totally cut off from the world because she married when she was around 19. She never went to work, so now she's becoming totally. more active. Yes, yeah, correct. So that's where you're connected again. Yeah, okay. correct. All right. So, uh, chef, what is your area of specialization? I mean, as in, is there any certain food that you you're very? I mean, you focus on? Okay, I am. Mm. Tamil. Tamil means uh, we are Indian. My 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 parents. Sorry, my forefathers were from Tamil Nadu. So the cuisine of Tamil Nadu is tam uh, Tamil Tamilian food. So when I say Tamilian food, some people may not understand. Yeah, Tamilian food is like fish curry. Uh, you know that kind of uh, curry, curry uh, tosa, Italy. Mm. All these are all Tamil food. Mm -hmm. In Singapore, we call it Indian. Mm, But yes, I yes. like to. Like oh. draw a line. That is Tamil food. Oh, Tamil food. Okay. Yeah. So to me, it's different because. Tamils don't cook mi goreng. Tamils don't ah. cook tulang, you know. Oh, because that is Singapore. That is Singapore food. Yeah. Yes, all but under one roof. I know, but mm. normally they classify it as Indian, Indian but it's food. wrong actually. Ah. Uh, Tamilian food is totally different. So, um, I, I, because I'm a Tamilian, I, of course, I, I, my, my big passion is cooking Tamilian mm. food. But then the thing is, being in Singapore is multiracial, and only a fraction of people actually want to learn Tamilian cooking. Oh. Uh, I mean, like dal and this and that. You know, the majority of people are Chinese, and my customers, when they come, they they want to always uh, learn how to make nasi biryani, nasi biryani, nasi biryani, or roti prata. Now they always want to learn the classic things, yes. right? But yes. they don't. They're not interested in the home good, uh, nutritious cooking. Then. For the sake of business, I diversified uh, into Thai, Indonesian, and all because it was popular. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also don't want people to think I'm a jack of all trade. Okay. So I focused, and my focus was on spices. Mm. So because I focus on spices and teach anything to do with spices, so it's Indonesian, there's ah, Thai, all these got spices, yes, right? Yes, yes. So then the media started calling me the, the spice queen. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think that's a good um, branding for yeah, yourself. Correct. Yeah, In fact, I I have a company called Spice Queen. Yeah. Ah. Oh yeah, talking about company, I understand that you used to have your own restaurant, right? At one time. Yeah, I had two restaurants at one time, and um, in the nineties. Uh, yeah, in the no 2000, oh, early 2000, 2000 okay. and I closed each of them. After one of it is after one year, and other one is after three years. And the reason is, I realized that I'm very passionate about cooking, but when it comes to running a restaurant, yes. right, I have to cut a lot of costs and I have to compromise the oh. freshness of food, and I don't like it because that's not me. Mm. And you know, like I started off running a restaurant with only fresh chilled mutton. But as the time went on, I realized I cannot make money using that, so I went to semi-chilled. 
It's the time when I realized that I cannot make money. So I went to frozen. frozen. And then one day I sit down and think, hey, this is not me, you know, frozen mutton. Then I decided that uh, this business is not cut out for me because I need to cheat. Uh, okay, you need to compromise on the quality of yeah, the food. Yeah, because when people, customers ask, is this fresh mutton? I got to put this face and tell, yeah, it's fresh. Oh. <laughs> but I could have bought frozen one. Yeah, yeah, I understand, you know? understand. So I didn't, I didn't like that part of me. Mm. So I decided, and also we had problems with regards to engaging staff. Mm, uh, manpower. From, uh, and then because it's a celebrity restaurant, but to make sure the dishes are always same taste, right? But I'm not cooking every day. The the oh. restaurant guys are cooking, and then they will. When I'm there, they cook it right. And I'm not there, it's not the same. Oh. So eventually, I just decided I'll close the restaurants. How yeah. long did the restaurant function? One of it is only one year. Another one, three years. Yeah. So I believe that you're happier doing what you are doing right now. Yeah, I think this gives me more connection time with people. When uh, running a restaurant, I was more like a businesswoman. I was now a businesswoman rather than a chef. Mm. Uh, I always have to make sure that there's an income coming into the restaurant, right. you know, saving costs, cutting costs. I, I don't like that. I understand, I understand. <laughs> I think you are into cooking, right? Yeah. That is like you want to be hands on, first hand. Hands on. I need to communicate. I'm a people person. Mm. I need to communicate okay. with people. When you're running a restaurant, you don't communicate so much. You just say, hello, how are you? How's the food? Then you walk away, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi. And, yeah. Uh, any good feedback? Tell me. Yeah. You know, good. You know. Okay. And you hope good. that they will give feedback. feedback. Good one. Understand. Understand. <laughs> yeah. And and I also understand that uh, viewers. By the way, we are in the kitchen of uh, Chef Devagi, and actually before COVID, she conducts her cooking lesson here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that at one time you can fit in up to twelve people. Twelve people. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see. Um. This is where she do all her classes and it's really uh, first hand you can see you can smell you know why i'm saying this because i ever attended uh, one of her cooking uh, lesson and you can really you know it's like smell the everything is from the original yeah, from right scratch, from yeah. scratch yes yeah. you know when she was cooking the sorry i'm not so good with all these spices but there was <laughs> once a few spices that she cooked you know the smell was like Wow, I, that's why now I'm, I'm talking to you, I can still um, remember. Yes, remember that smell, the aroma. Then after that, after she cooked, right, she would give each of us, you know, to have a taste. Yeah, and can you imagine, it's like you really get to eat fresh from the pot, right into your mouth. Yes, that's the most interesting part. But because now we're having COVID, but are you still, we can still conduct small classes, right? Yes, uh, during the COVID time, I can only conduct up to six people, half the half. people. So I, I don't find it very uh, lucrative. Actually, I mean, yeah. so it's not it's like a waste of my time actually. So unless someone I invite someone and just say okay, let's a few friends come, let's gather and just cook, you know. But I rather not take money than than to charge money for six okay. people. So I rather do it in Zoom, yeah. Okay. So then my Zoom prices have come down because when normally when I do a class, it's eighty dollars. Um, but when I do in Zoom, it's only 50 because they don't get to eat the food, ah, nothing, right? Okay, and okay. the Zoom, I only do two two dishes because if I do four dishes, people will get very sleepy and bored in their house. <laughs> yeah. I think two dishes is just yeah, nice. Just yeah, just nice, yeah. Right. Okay, so, alright. So, viewers, if you have any comment or feedback, you can just write in uh, your comments to voice out Chakap Je. Okay, so, Chef, there's one more uh, thing that I want to ask you. I understand that... Um, you mentioned just now you went to another country to to share, yeah, right? Yeah. To teach. 
But there was also one situation in 2004 during tsunami. Yeah. Something happened. Oh yes. So um, so what happened was like my family and we all went for a holiday to Sri Lanka, uh, and we returned on the 27th of. December. Uh, December. Mm. And uh, I think two days later, the, the tsunami hit Sri Lanka. And then it was very awful to see on TV the places that we just walked Visited. a few days ago, all with water and this and that. And then because we have the Indian channel from India, the cable TV, every day they were just showing India, right? And then they were showing about all these people, no food and no food and no food. And then there was one group of people I always listen to their story because they are fishermen on the on the coastal side whose house have disappeared, uh -huh. and then all the relief food that people give them is vegetarian. Oh. But the coastal food people never eat vegetarian food in India. Oh. They every day must have fish, fish. Oh, you know. Okay. So then, when they give them the vegetarian food, some of them throw away okay. because they feel like they they cannot stomach it. So some guy was saying that, oh, you know, we are a fisher food. We we have no food. We have no fish. We know this. We know that, right? So suddenly, I feel like I need to help this. It's people. a calling. Yeah, it's like I need to help people. So I was just telling my husband. My husband said, you want to go and help, then you need to have lots of money and this, and you don't have. He was telling me, so. I was just thinking that I don't know what happened to me, right? That night, I just around 11 o'clock, I typed an email and sent it to all those in my database saying that I want to go to India. I want to cook and serve them the food. I don't want to donate money. I want to cook and serve them the food and I need money. I'll pay for my own flight, but I yeah. need the money to buy the ingredients. Mm -hmm. And then I went to sleep lah, because I feel like so relieved, like my heaviness gone really, right? Next morning, I turn on my computer, there's messages, you know, like hundreds of messages. And people were donating money, $5, $10, $100, $50, $80, they all supporting, right? And then after that, I became scared. <laughs> you became scared? <laughs> because so many people are pledging the money and like, oh my God, oh, what am I going to do, you know? So then, uh, someone suggested that I go to a police station and tell them exactly like oh. I've asked for money because I don't want to be caught yes, for misleading. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. So I went to the police station and told them my situation. I said, I want to raise money, then now people want to donate, then I don't know what to do. Yes. Then they say, oh, very simple, you go to the commissioner of oath uh, and take an oath that you are collecting this money yes. for this purpose Correct. and then they will tell you what to do. So I went to the commissioner of oath, paid $10 for the paper and then they told me, they guided me, they say for every money that you collect, you must have a receipt to give them. Then you need to record and you must engage an auditor uh, to audit how you spend okay. the money. Okay. So I said, okay lah. So okay. then the auditing fee also come under the yes, collection, yes, like everything yes. on the collection. So then after I asked other people, like then my family don't want me to go because they said, Scared. Scared. Yes. Some of you are a lady. Yeah. So <laughs> then I asked some people and a lot of ladies volunteered to come. Oh. After a while, their family tell them don't go because they, people got diarrhea, I don't know what oh, over there. Okay. So they all back up. So then two of my brothers came, but they also paid their, I make sure that they pay for their own oh. FN and everything. Okay. So then the three of us went and it was quite an interesting thing because when we went there, we got no pots, nothing yes. to cook. So we had to go deep inland to go and hire the pots and everything. Then each day we cook like 2,000 chicken. Uh, no, sorry, 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 wrong, wrong. 
200 chicken for 2,000 people. Okay. And then uh, another, then we carry a lot of ikan bilis, dried prawns are from here. Then we make ikan bilis curry and all that. Lah. So people are very happy. They queue up and all that. But that's when I learned something. When you are hungry, right? Even when the child, her own son is hungry, uh, the mother pushed the son and queue to eat the food first. Because they were like damn hungry for food, right? They're desperate. Desperate. Yes, so exactly. that's when I realized that, wow. All these things in the drama, we always watch people, the mother suffer to feed the child, yes, right? But in real life, they don't. <laughs> they don't <laughs> Mother comforts. Yeah, yeah, I think this is where reality, this is the reality of life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not all mothers, but there I saw yeah. quite a lot of them like struggling, pushing their children to queue up to get the food first, you know. Yeah. yeah, and then we also saw a lot of people, the well, the rich people, right, the ones whose house nothing happened and that, they also stand in the queue with a carrier to take food back. <laughs> so how do you... No, no, by the look of them, we, we know this is, this is the tsunami rich. one and this one is the rich woman, right, you know. But, but will you still give them that food? Yeah, la, we don't choice la, because it's food, right, food must be shared. Okay, okay. Because if I chase them away, I'm like that woman who chased her son away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you were there for 10 days? Actually, we went there for 14 days. But really, when we were cooking, right, we were only cooking for about 8 days only. Because the rest of the time, we spent shopping mm. for the ingredients on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the shopping is not near the tsunami. It must go inland. Yeah. That is like how, how long from the actual place? The distance? Yes. Oh, it's like maybe five, four hours away five, by hours by, away. by car. By car. Yeah. Okay. So basically, there are three of you, right? Yourself and your Yeah, but brothers. over there, we had uh, two or volunteers. three volunteers. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that is really an experience, yeah? Yeah. I think it's an experience. And I, I'm okay to do that anytime, even now. Like, I mean, even if you want to raise funds for any... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think there's something yeah. new we learned. I don't mind staying. I mean, one of my dream in life is to like stand for 24 hours and cook, 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 cook and dish out the dish for an auction. Oh. So people keep paying the money and buying the plate of whatever I cook to raise funds. I don't mind. I mean, my idea is there should be less hunger in the world. Okay, so that is our interview with Chef Debagi. That is uh, part one of our segment we will go to part two where you you will see our chef devagi in action so chef maybe we would like to tell our viewers what will you be sharing with us today okay so then uh, i told you that everybody likes biryani 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 <laughs> so i will do i'm i'm intending to teach um, okay first of all i need to talk something about biryani and and break people's idea about what a biryani should be or should not be right okay number one right the, there are a lot of people who complain that their biryanis in Singapore that are three dollars and their biryanis that are twenty dollars. So okay. what is the difference? And then some say the one the twenty the two dollar three dollar one is very tasty, and then the the expensive ones is not tasty. So okay. they ask me why. So I tell them okay, to make a biryani in India, right? Traditionally, they don't use ghee. Oh. Okay, they don't use ghee, they just use oil and they cook. The mutton has got all the fat, the chicken has got all the fat. So that fat is enough for the cooking of the sun. Whereas in Singapore, uh, what they do is they trim away the fat, but they add the fat to the rice, like in the form of a ghee mm. or butter. Mm. But then the, the more cheaper ones, right, what they do, they go to the market and they buy mutton. The mutton seller got a lot of fat. Mm. So this fat, they come back and then they boil it to make up fat 
for to use in the biryani and the biryani is very extremely tasty because it's fat it's lemak mm. so but that is very bad for your oh, heart your heart because it will solidify and how will you know whether a fat is good or not when you eat with your fingers and you wash your hand and you need soap to wash your hand that means that fat is now around your heart okay okay it's so important because i really think people should be eating very healthily and uh, therefore today i'm doing a, a biryani with salmon uh, you don't have to buy salmon you can buy any fish as long as it's not a fish with bones mm -hmm. and you don't have to have many um, ingredients, just basic ingredients that you have in the house can make a very nice simple oh, uh, biryani. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So let's see our chef Devagi in action. Okay, so hi, um, I'm going to do a salmon biryani. This is a very simple biryani. Uh, if you don't want to do salmon, you can do ikan kurau, ikan merah, any of those fishes with uh, without bones. Okay, or you can use chicken breast, not with the bone, but just chicken breast boneless. So to do that, there's two steps: one to do the rice, one to do the, the biryani, and then later we'll put it all together. Um, to do a biryani, we first need something that's very aromatic. So I have cinnamon sticks, um, cardamoms, boplaga, and then um, watinke, right? So the cinnamon stick that I have here, very important, um, it's a Sri Lankan one. So Sri Lankan cinnamon is always more fragrant, you can get it from some markets. And then I have dried daun salam. This daun salam is more like an Indian daun salam, it's always used dried so that it's more aromatic. and. Um, chili jiao, green chili the green chili you take a knife you cut here just to open it up a little bit and very important thing for this dish right you can either use ghee very little like one tablespoon or you can have uh, just ordinary cooking oil uh, like uh, canola oil or sunflower oil do not use um, vegetable oil vegetable oil is actually quite uh, high in uh, fats that your body shouldn't get so what I'm going to do is keep the ghee or oil and then add in the cinnamon, cardamom, cloves and bay leaves and fry this you fry this until the thing letup right that's just you call it meletup correct <laughs> so it has to open up until it's very nice add in the onion uh, sorry the green chilies and fry that as well now the green chili is for fragrance and also to eat it like a vegetable in the rice now what i have here is uh, basmati rice so the basmati rice is long grain rice so i wash it very carefully soak it for 20 minutes and then drain the water and i have ginger and garlic paste so like half half so if you want to grind it right so it's 50% garlic 50% ginger so 
if you got 50 gram ginger then it has to be 50 gram of garlic so i'm going to add that to the oil or ghee fry this add in the rice and stir the rice now i'm stirring this rice so that the rice is coated with the ghee or oil huh? then the rice will be fluffy and nice what i have here now is yogurt 100 gram just mix it put it in salt and stock so you can use chicken stock fish stock or just use water so i'm using fish stock so everything's inside so i put it on medium cannot be very uh, high fire medium fire and then we will cover it and let the rice cook so while the rice is cooking i'm going to cook the fish okay so i call this a salmon masala uh, because you can cook it with the biryani or you eat it just with your white rice like a curry okay so to do that i have 500 grams of salmon cut into cubes okay so if you want to have big pieces it's all right but if you cube it it looks and tastes better when you cook it then we have some uh, fennel seeds or jintan manis onion about two onions uh, this two onions looks like a lot to you but actually the onions add value to the cuisine because in indian cuisine we do not add sugar to sweeten the dish we do not use any kind of uh, msg or anything our sweetness comes from the tomatoes and the onion because when we fry it it becomes sweeter the sugar from it comes caramelizes so it makes the dish naturally sweet and nice we must try to avoid any kind of added tasting powder okay so onion then we have meat curry powder you can buy any brand of your choice just uh, go to the supermarket and choose whatever you want tomatoes tomatoes are diced but without the seeds i took out all the seeds because these tomatoes got too much seeds and too much seeds in the curry actually makes it a bit bitter so the seeds are already taken out and we have some chopped coriander leaves and mint leaves so uh, down ketumba and pudina leaves so that's about it so we're going to start cooking so again uh, we need to either use ghee or use oil um, the reason why i'm using ghee is because i just want to take out the ghee <laughs> you can take out the oil and just use the same as well and uh, you can use minimum oil because the salmon is an oily fish so when you cook it it releases some natural salmon oil which is high in omega and which is very good for your brain that's why we should try to include salmon in our diet always so now i'm using a non-stick pan it's not necessary but i'm also using the non-stick pan uh, to show you and to tell you that the importance of looking after a non-stick pan i usually don't use non-stick pan but in a class i like to share because a lot of people buy a non-stick pan and they use a metal spoon to scrape the food and everything and there will be a lot of lines now once there are lines the lines underneath it there's some poisonous chemical which will go into your food and slowly it will actually affect your brain so try not to use uh, non-metal scoops or 
ladles to take your food try not to use spoons in a non-stick pan um, when you buy a non-stick pan um, the vendor will write there do not scratch why does he worry whether you scratch or not right uh, he's telling you because he doesn't want you to poison yourself so be careful when using non-stick pan so once the ghee or oil is hot i add in the panel let it sizzle so you can actually this room has got a lot of nice aroma here try this add in the onions try this as well okay so you can see that the onions have browned lightly so i'm going to add in the tomatoes so now we are cooking we have to cook the tomatoes until the tomatoes become soft so in indian cooking right there's no shortcut like after through this everything just dummy and ball no we have to go through every stage slowly to get a very good end result so when we when we do some indian cooking the most first step basic is called tempering tempering means you, you make produce sounds like every time you put some spice that goes all the different different sounds and then we always fry our onion is brown and the tomatoes until it's very lumpy very soft after this stage right you can actually keep it in the fridge and you can use it for many other curries so you want to cook fish curry or anything right so what we do in indian family we cook all this we cool it down Sometimes we blend it into a paste and then keep it in the fridge. Then whenever we want to masak anything, we just take two tablespoons. It's like our sambal, but no chili here. So we after that add other different spices. So when you are buying prawns, uh, it's important to look out for a few things. Number one, the prawn and the head must be together. Number two, both the fillers must be there. If there's one filler missing, don't buy that prawn. Okay. The fillers are the one that show whether the fit, the prawn is uh, fresh or not. Because when you lift out the prawn, the you can still the fillers can still hold the weight of the prawn. That means the prawn is very fresh. If one filler come out, that means it's semi fresh. So that's how you find out. And then of course, when you enter a supermarket or the market, if it smells very very prawny like a blachan, don't even buy there because it's awful prawns. So it has to be fresh prawns means it shouldn't be smelling very very like a prawn smell just nice if it's very terrible smelling then it's really rotting okay yeah that's all <laughs> okay in order to buy basmati rice first you look at the packet of rice the rice must look very brown dirty looking that is the best rice that means it's a very old rice when you cook the biryani the rice will be very long and nice if you buy a very clean white rice it will become very soggy friends in the packet right they will say that aged for 2 years aged for 3 years so the more is aged it's better so in this case just like me the older the better <laughs> okay so once the onions uh, sorry once the tomatoes are a bit soft i'm going to add in this ginger and garlic now ginger and garlic is such a important thing for indian cuisine practically every dish uh, we use um, ginger and garlic and in an indian home we sometimes use as much as 1 kilo of garlic for cooking and the reason is we believe that uh, no matter how fatty you are eating right if you include your garlic and ginger in your diet it actually sort of balances and helps to preserve your heart 
condition as well. So that's why it's always used in the cooking. And another reason is also when we cook curries, we can cook the curry today and eat it the next day without refrigeration. It helps to preserve. The ginger garlic helps to preserve the curry. Uh, it doesn't turn rancid. Once I add in the ginger garlic, I will add in the curry powder. Add in the yogurt, about 100ml. And I can add a bit of water too. You can add a bit of water. Just stir all this to mix. And we will let this boil until it thickens. And then we add in the fish. So I'm going to just add in some salt. Okay, so we let that cook for a while. In the meanwhile, let's look at the rice. Um, the rice is actually already cooked. You can see. So once the rice is cooked, what I can do is just remove some of the whole spices. Huh? And then what I'm going to do is something uh, interesting. It might be interesting to some people. I've got yellow coloring here. So I'm just pour a bit of yellow coloring here and there. Okay. And then we will leave the rice cooker or rice pot off. I, I use the word rice cooker because sometimes many of you don't want to cook rice in a pot. So you want to use a rice cooker. You follow the same principle and just turn on the rice cooker. Whenever I have a cooking class, I do not use rice cooker because I think people need to learn how to cook rice in a pot in case the rice cooker is not working. Okay, so the masala is dry. Uh, it's, I, I'm not just cooking it until it's dry. I must cook it until the smell, the raw smell of the curry powder is gone. If it becomes very dry and then the raw powder still not, uh, still is raw, you add a bit of water and then you cook it. Now I'm going to add in the salmon pieces. Leave it aside for a while in the stove. The juice from the fish will come out and it will become watery again. Then I'll add in some of the pudina leaf and the coriander leaf here. When you turn the fish, you have to make sure that you do it gently because if not, the fish will start breaking. Eh? And salmon fish, when you are cooking, you only cook until three quarter way. The center not cooked is okay because when you stop cooking, the heat will cook the center. Then the fish is nice. If not, it will be breaking up into many pieces. So for the rice, you need to fluff up. Then when you are fluffing up, you can actually take out like the cinnamon stick if you want. Uh, but keep the, um, the chili inside because some people like to eat the chili. Now after fluffing, right, I'll just create some space there in the middle and I'll put in fish. So basically, I'm like burying the fish inside. Add in all the rest to the top. Sprinkle the coriander leaf and everything. Fried cashew nuts, raisins and fried onion. This also can go on the top. This, but it's optional, not necessary. Okay, next, I take a non-stick paper and cover the pot up. Just cover the rice and everything. And then turn on the stove to low. Okay, so I'm covering it with non-stick paper. Um, there's a reason. Now, if the pot is this big and your rice is only up to this level, when you cook it covered, right, so what will happen is there's so much space here and the steam will form and the water will backflow into the rice. Then the rice will become soggy. So what we do is we cover it with paper. So if there's any water, it will fall on the paper. Okay, okay. For about 
10 to 15 minutes and then your fish should be cooked and nice so after 10 minutes or if you see a lot of steam coming out here because you see a bit of steam that means the heat has come through the rice to the top already then you can switch off your stove and you can open the pot so must be careful when you lift up this because there's water here so you just fold it and take it up and you can see the rice is steaming hot and yeah it's ready for serving wow chef it looks so delicious viewers if you can smell the aroma it is so i don't know how to put it you know i can smell the curry i can smell the it's wonderful you know right now i'm just can't wait to try the dish salmon brand you don't have to wait for a big wedding today i can no have a sumptuous meal definitely we, yes our chef devagi Okay, come let's eat. Come, let's eat. Right. Tomato chutney. That's sweet and hot. Sweet and hot. Yes, and these are all homemade, made by our chef, Sambal Blachan and the tomato chutney. And oh yes, later after our meals, we'll be having a special masala tea by our spice tree. Yes, everything is so spicy from the food to the tea. Come, let's eat.